This morning, in talking about uh, serving, uh, we've talked about uh, who we serve uh, the first Sunday. We've talked about why we serve. And uh, those two things are very important because it's definition for motive. Why we do the things we do and who we do them for covers those two things. This Sunday, we're looking at how. And I really believe that through serving, that we can, and how we serve specifically, we can be a light, uh, a light to the people around us. And so I want to talk about this and look at John chapter 13. And if you're wanting to dig in a little deeper and look at some other passages besides John 13, just want to let you know we have this uh, free uh, sheet in the back. It's just uh, has uh, our third week and uh, weekly uh, daily readings in it, uh, like Philippians 2, verses 1 through 11, Matthew 5, 1 through 16. Do it once a day, uh, one of these passages, and it takes maybe five minutes and then just some time to think and reflect and to pray. So I encourage you to pick up one of those uh, if you want to dig a little deeper. But right now, what I'd like to do is for us just to read uh, John 13. I would like us to read the whole passage, 1 through 17, and read this out loud, okay? Uh, I'll read it out loud. Uh, It might be a little difficult for all of us. Uh, It was just before the Passover feast, Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and to go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. The evening meal was being served, and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, no, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part of me. And then Lord Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, a person who has had a bath needs only to wash his feet. His whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said not every one was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. And then he asked, Do you understand what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. So Jesus asked right away, after he washes the disciples' feet, he asked them, do you understand? Do you understand? And that's the question I want to ask us today. Do we understand what Jesus really did and what he was telling us? Now, obviously, right here in this passage, Jesus he, he wants to make sure that there's no confusion about it. So he spells it out. He says, now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. Now, before we get to, to feet and dirty feet, what, what we mean by that and what Jesus meant by that, how many of you would hear, would say that, hey, Jesus, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. And, and yeah, there's some people raising their hands. Jesus is Lord. How many would say, Jesus is my teacher? Yeah, there's a few of you raising your hands. Jesus is my teacher. So 
Is any of you here greater than Jesus? Right, nobody's raising their hand now. None of you are greater than Jesus. All right, nobody thinks you're a big shot? No? Okay, anyone a better or greater teacher than Jesus? I know we got some school teachers here. They're not raising their hands either. I'm looking around and, and I'm seeing that they're not raising their hands. No, Jesus. All right, so I think... Uh, again, no, me, me neither. I don't think so. So uh, this statement, this command looks like it is all inclusive for those of us who follow Jesus as Lord and teacher. Now, if he isn't your Lord and teacher, really, you can kind of beep beep this message and you don't have to really pay attention to it. OK, so but if you want to be knowledgeable about what Christ followers should be doing or how they should be following, you can tune in and know these things. And you can maybe even know some things that some Christ followers don't even know. All right. But Jesus says you are not greater than the one who sent you and you are not greater than your master everyone pretty much here agrees that we're not greater than jesus and so he did these things now and he tells us where to do the same now what exactly did he do because you know jesus goes on and says i have set you an example that you should do as i have done for you now if you follow the rest of the story of the gospels uh, you'll know that Jesus' disciples, whom he, he sends out, they, they go and share the good news. But as we read their accounts of them going out, we don't see them holding foot-washing ceremonies, do we? We don't. And, and there's not really any other accounts where they're actually pulling out a basin and, and a towel and washing people's feet. So... If they're doing as Jesus told them to do, what, what is it they're supposed to be doing? That's, that's washing dirty feet. Because, uh, again, as, as, as you read a little further into Acts, the story of, of the church and the beginning of new churches all over around the Mediterranean, you'll see that a lot of those new churches, there's no accounts of foot washings. Now, I'm not knocking a, a foot washing ceremony. Maybe uh, how many of you have ever been a part of something like that at a church gathering? It's very meaningful, isn't it? It's very, very, very meaningful. And I've been part of some of those. And, uh, and I know in certain uh, instances, it's very powerful, like in a reconciliation setting uh, between black and white. I've, I've seen white men wash the feet of black men and these men, just tears going down their face and uh, very meaningful to, to an older generation who experienced uh, racism and prejudice in, in, very, in laws and in strong ways. It's very powerful. Uh, foot washing I've seen in India where a higher caste member washes the feet of a lower caste member or somebody's not even a caste, somebody who's in the untouchables. And, and when for them in a higher caste to wash someone else's feet in a lower caste, man, it blows people away. And they go, what is this about? What is going on? There's something significant happening here. Why would you do this for me? And it's an open door for the gospel to share about the good news of Jesus Christ. But even those things are powerful, and, and I'm not knocking that. I, I'm, I'm saying that I don't really think Jesus intended us to go and do foot-washing ceremonies everywhere. I don't think he intended you to go to your school, and when you show up at school, to go, hey guys, uh, I got this... Uh, water would you take off your shoes i'm gonna i'm gonna wash your feet right now you don't understand what i'm doing but you will later i mean i don't think that would really fly and, and i don't think it really communicate much to your friends at school but here's the deal 
Washing feet, as, as uh, Tina was explaining to the kids, washing feet was a customary thing for people back in the day wearing sandals and traveling by foot. And when you came into a house and reclined at a table, I mean, their dining areas were very large because what they did, they actually, uh, a lot of them laid on their side. So if I was laying on my side right here, uh, then someone else would be right here and their head would be in front of my feet. And so if my feet weren't washed, I mean, even though my feet wasn't like right underneath their nose, it was behind them. And, you know, the wafting and movement, you know, you kind of, oh, wow, what is that smell? And so washing feet was an important uh, thing to do, especially when you're having a party and guests were coming over. And if you were the host, you would assign one of your servants to wash dirty feet as people came in. Now, I don't know about you, have you looked at your feet lately? Have you looked at your feet? I, I mean, there's been some moments where I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm in Gaga land and I'm staring at my feet and I, I just go, man, these are the strangest looking things. I mean, feet are the goofiest looking things if you ever look at them. And, and, and they just remind us that we're creatures, I think. I mean, that these feet touch the ground, we walk on them, and, and the other thing is that even though we live in a society where most of us wear shoes all the time, or sandals, stuff gets in between our toes, and it gets underneath our toenails, and, and there are really disgusting smells that come from our feet, and it's just, just the way it is. But So imagine, imagine your feet. And, and the conditions, maybe, maybe today you, 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 know, you got up and took a shower and that kind of thing. But imagine at the end of the day going to a, someone's house and someone saying, oh, would you remove your shoes? I'm now going to wash your feet. I mean, you might be, you, before you go over, you might, you might have a pre-foot washing before you go over to someone's house because you don't want to be embarrassed. I mean, that's probably the kind of thing that went on in this day, in this culture when Jesus lived. But Think about, think about the guy who gets a sign to wash dirty feet. Yeah, oh my, oh my. Would, would that be the job that you would want when everyone's lining up for the day and going, what are your duties for the day? Uh, what, what are your duties for the party tonight? And, and I think, you know, if I was a servant in a household like this, I would be doing everything I could do to get out of doing that job. In fact, I would be looking to all the youngest and all the rookie servants, and I'd be saying, hey, rookies, rookies wash feet. That's the rule. I mean, it's kind of like, I don't know if it is at your house with your kids, uh, if it's this way, but it's kind of like when your kids argue for who gets the right shotgun in the car. And, and uh, you know, there's an argument over... Every, where everyone gets to sit and, you know, I called it. No, I didn't hear you call it, so it doesn't count. I mean, this still goes on in my house today, and all my kids are 13 and older. And so uh, you know, I, I know that this was probably the way it went with servants in a household before party time and the guests were coming over. And in the household with servants, it's an argument every time who's going to wash the feet. Now, from the gospel account, from the doctor, Luke, he tells us that an argument arose during the Last Supper when this foot washing occurred. And during this Last Supper, the argument occurred over who was the greatest. Now, it doesn't say how in any of the Gospels how this argument got started, but I got a pretty good guess. 
And I really think it was about this foot washing. You know, you see, uh, as they were getting things ready for the Passover meal, somebody forgot to make arrangements for a servant to wash everyone's feet. Can you imagine? And as they began to recline at the table, they become painfully aware of this. And I'm sure there's some sniffing and there's some snickers and somebody says, hey, look what Peter and John forgot to do. And, and, and I bet Peter, being an older brother, said to his younger brother, Andrew, hey, Andrew, why don't you wash everyone's feet? And Andrew says, you're not the boss of me. And, and, and you and John were supposed to make the arrangements for dinner. And I bet James, the older brother of John, spoke up and said, yeah, why, why don't you clean up your mistake, little John? And, you know, John goes, little John, what? you're a big ding-dong, James. And, and, you know, you can imagine everyone chiming in at this point and going, hey, why don't you guys just take care of it? And them going, well, why don't you take care of it? You know, and you can hear the argument going, well, well, I'm the older brother. Well, does the young one always have to do it? And you can see how they could have easily gotten into a big argument about who is the greatest, who is the least. Because in every household, who washed the feet? The least person. The one who was counted or thought of as least. So uh, as the argument is going and it's heating up, Somebody gets up, silently grabs a basin of water, wraps a towel around their waist, and begins washing their feet. And I'm sure in the dim candlelight, as they look, and this man came into their sight, in their line of sight, they realized it was Jesus. Jesus had gotten up to wash their feet. And I'm sure the room went dead silent at that point. And as Jesus goes around and washes his disciples' feet, you know that there was something going on in their minds. And, and you know, for Peter, it was like, no, no, you shouldn't do this, Jesus. You're, you're the greatest. I mean, usually the least washes the feet. The, the one, the low man on the totem pole is the one who washes feet, not you. And that's why Peter was objecting so much and why he was saying, no, don't do this. Don't do this, Jesus. But Jesus goes around and washes every one of their feet. And you know, the washing of the disciples' feet was only recorded in John's gospel. And I wonder about John being the youngest disciple, the impression that this made on him. Because I'm sure there was many times, uh, maybe it is like in your family, the youngest always has to fetch things. You know, you're, you're young, you got quick legs, why don't you go back to the car, I forgot my coffee cup, can you go and bring it back? Oh, I left my keys up in the room, can you run up the stairs and get them? And you know, you always kind of get the youngest one. And I I wonder the impression that this made on John. And you might kind of think it's really kind of ridiculous how the disciples got into an argument about who's the greatest. But don't don't we do the same thing? We we don't use the words greatest or least because we know that socially that would be a no-no, that we would be considered proud or self-conceited or things like that. But you know... You know, in reality, there are dirty feet all around us, all the time. And we act just like the first disciples did. Let let me explain. It's this statement. Someone else will take care of it. Someone else will take care of it. We say to ourselves, who is that someone? 
Who is that someone? And why do we think that they should serve us? What's going on? You know, there are dirty feet at home. And it doesn't matter if, if you're living with a roommate or with a family. You, I know this, this goes on probably in every household. You dirty some dishes and you put them in the sink. And it's just a little too hard to put them into the dishwasher. Or, or maybe the dishwasher is full of clean dishes and you don't have time to unload all the clean dishes and put the dirty dishes in. And so what do you say to yourself? Someone else will do it. You know, someone else will take care of those dirty feet. You know, the bathroom is really kind of getting nasty, but cleaning up hair out of sinks and tubs and toilets is gross, isn't it? Yes. So I'll just ignore that for now. I'll pretend I did not see that. Somebody else will get it. And, and you're late in, in getting going in the morning. So you're rushing and you take a shower real quick and you leave your wet towel and dirty clothes on the floor. And you say, somebody else will get that. Didn't we just have Mother's Day last Sunday? And has this already occurred in your house? And who is that someone that usually picks up after you and takes, picks up the clothes, the, the dirty towels, the wet towels, who does all those things? Yeah, yeah. But is your mom really less than you? Is she really your servant? Uh, is, and, and husbands, your wife, is she really your, your servant? Are, you, are those things really beneath you to do? What's going on there with our minds? We actually do what the disciples do, don't we? We do it at home with the dirty feet there. We, you know, there's also dirty feet at school. You know, you wad up your paper and you try to throw it into the trash can and you miss. And he's like, ah, oh, somebody else will get it. Get it, get it into the trash can. You know, you walk into the bathroom stall and there's a strand of toilet paper on the floor, but you don't touch it. That might be contaminated or something. And besides, don't they pay janitors around here to do that kind of thing? Someone else will do it. You know, somebody had a nervous habit of ripping some paper in the previous class, and they left it on your desk, and you sweep it off the desk and the seat onto the floor. Because, hey, I mean, it's the teacher's room. I mean, she'll, she'll clean it up later, right? I mean, she's, she's paid to stay around here. You know, there are dirty feet at work. You know, you go into the break room and the fridge is filled with three-week and two-week-old leftovers, unlabeled, and you don't know who they belong to, and, and you think, surely the boss is going to assign the intern or the teacher's assistant to clean that up and, and clean out the fridge, right? Uh, and, and, you know, the copy machine is out of paper again, but you got to rush to the next thing because, I mean, surely somebody else is going to take care of that. I, I mean, administrative assistant, aren't they paid to do that kind of thing? Um, and you're in the staff meeting room, and there are used coffee cups left all over the table. Somebody else will pick those up, right? I mean, are you really saying that you're greater? Are you really saying that you're above those sort of things? I mean, there are dirty feet in your neighborhood, too. Did you know that? I mean, it, it, think about this. I mean, this probably happens in a lot of neighborhoods and houses. Uh, you know, maybe not so much in apartment complexes, but but... No, 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 I, no, 
last summer, this happened in our apartment complex, uh, in, in the little middle strip, you know, uh, you're walking to your apartment and there's kind of the middle ground where every access way to all the doors and there's trash there and there's leaves and stuff. And, and it's kind of like, well, it's not really next to my door. I mean, somebody else will get it. Somebody will take care of it. And, and at your homes and your neighborhood, there's that little strip of grass and it doesn't belong to your property, but it doesn't belong to the other guy either. So who's going to take care of it? Who's going to cut that? I mean, surely somebody else is going to get it. And, and there's some trash that blew out of your neighbor's trash can, but it's not your trash and it didn't blow into your yard. Surely the wind will blow it into somebody else's yard and they'll have to pick it up, right? I mean, someone else will do it. And then there's dirty feet in your city. Yeah, yeah, there's dirty feet. Somebody else will take care of that mess on the sidewalk. Somebody else will take time to direct that traveler or that homeless person to the nearby shelter. Someone else will clean up that graffiti. And there's even dirty feet in your church, isn't there? Dirty feet right here. Somebody else will pick up my coffee cup. Somebody else will pick up the scraps from my my kids' uh, kids pack and the crafts. Somebody else will pick up the paper towels on the bathroom floor. I mean, surely someone's paid to do that, right? I mean, doesn't it just sound like the disciples arguing? Do we really think that we're greater than these? Are are these tasks just too beneath us? Are we greater than our master? Are we greater than our teacher, Jesus? I think we all already answered that. We all said, no, we're not greater than him. Yet if he was here in the flesh, what would he be doing? I think he would be doing the job of janitors, maintenance people, administrative assistants, waiters and waitresses, trash collectors. I think he'd be doing a lot of the jobs that we call service industry today because Jesus served. He said, I came not to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. And he said, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. John 13, 15. Now, what would happen What would happen if instead we began to imitate our Savior by serving? How would that affect our home, our neighborhood, our church, our city, our school? I think, what I think, it could be a light to the people around us. Why are you picking up those coffee cups from the staff meeting? I see you do that every Tuesday after staff meeting. Why why do you do that? You aren't paid to do that. Well, I'm just... Just wanting to help take care of things. I want things to look good. And, and besides, it's, I think it's uh, what Jesus would do. Oh, okay. Right? Maybe a conversation there. Maybe not. But I think, I think some good things could happen. It could, it could really turn a black and white world into something very colorful. I think it could add a very dull and flavorless world and add some salt to it. I think it could be something really beautiful. You know, when I was doing student ministry uh, a while back, I was, there were many times when we'd have a busload of students, high schoolers, middle school students, and we'd show up at a restaurant. And, you know, and it was part of the trip. You know, we paid. The kids' meal was already paid for. And, and so, I mean, it's, it's a party. I mean, the kids go in. And, and, but you can imagine the messes, some of the messes that we left behind for some of these waiters and waitresses and store managers. And somebody on at least every restaurant trip uh, that we took, every restaurant visit, they had to do the salt shaker trick, 
or, 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 you know, you loosen the cap and somebody else, the next person uses it and all the salt goes everywhere. Or if you don't do that, you at least do the, you know, balance the salt shaker trick. You know, you get the pile of salt and then you try to balance the salt shaker and then you, well, you, you got to blow it away. And so you blow the salt and it goes all over the seats and the floor. And, you know, and, and then at least 20, 20 of the students had to blow, you know, paper, straws, you know, blow the paper off the straws and hit people nearby and hit their friends, you know. And it's fun. It's a party atmosphere. And of course, there's always mixing foods together into a mess and daring someone else to eat it. And, and there's, you know, there's, there's food that gets spilled and there's drinks that get spilled. And, you know, and there's kind of that thing of, well, somebody else will take care of it. And you can imagine how poorly some of these kids tipped. And I think we left a lot of restaurants and those waiters and waitresses and managers hoped we would never come back. They said, who, probably said, who were those kids? Uh, there was a church group. And that was the worst customers I, we have ever had. Look what they did to this restaurant. But then our students, uh, they heard this message from a mentor of mine. A message about washing dirty feet. And they begin to see things a little differently. And after that, things changed dramatically the next time that we took a busload of kids and stopped at a restaurant. And uh, I remember one time we stopped in and it was late. We were traveling from Colorado into Kansas and it was dark and we were hungry and, uh, and all these students needed to eat. And the rest, we got in like maybe 30 minutes before closing time. I mean, this is a, this is a manager's nightmare uh, for this to happen. And there's 60 of us or more pouring into the restaurant to order food and to eat. And I said, please, would you, would you stay open for us? And, and you know, again, we'll, we'll try to help out. And, and, and I, not knowing what was going to happen next, but we went to the restaurant, we ate. The kids made all the same messes, salt shakers and, and salt, paper straws blowing everywhere, food spilled and, and every drink spilled and, and uh, lots of craziness going on. But something different happened when we were finished. And uh, the kids began picking up the straw wrappers and the food on the floor. They began wiping up their salt messes and stacking the dishes for the waiters and those who were going to bust the tables. A couple of waiters came out and said, hey, you don't have to do that. That, That's our job. And they said, no, 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 we got it. We got it. By the way, do you have a mop and a vacuum cleaner? I really made a mess right here. Well, sure. Yeah, I'll show you. And, and, And... Kids come out with a mop, they're mopping up their drink spill, they're, they got the vacuum cleaner, they're vacuuming, and, and, and then they're stacking, they're wiping down the tables, they get washcloths from the back of the restaurant, they're wiping down the tables, they're stacking all the dishes in a neat little pile, stacking all the cups, and, and they're putting it there, so the whole table is clean, and the, and the dishes are all down at the end, and then after that, the students, they got together, they figured out what the tip was for each table, and then they doubled or they tripled the tip. And this was just one of many times because these students didn't forget this lesson. It wasn't just a one-time thing. And guess what the people were saying in there now? They're saying, who are these kids? Where'd they come from? They're from the, they're from the church. Wow. Why, why would they do this? A little better story to leave behind, huh? A little bit more light 
for a colorless world, a little bit more salt for a flavorless world. A different story is what they were beginning to tell. And I remember once uh, leaving a restaurant and a waitress was crying over the extravagant tip that the students had left her. And, and Doris, she was there and she was reminding me it was an $80 tip. And it wasn't that much food that the kids ordered at this table uh, f- from this waitress. But she was crying because it was just enough of what she was short on for childcare that week. And if I remember right, some of the students prayed, before her, prayed for her before they left. And those kids, by washing dirty feet, were light. They were salt. And I believe that we can do the same thing as a congregation. Wherever the places that we go, in schools, in neighborhoods, workplace, and I think that we can make a difference. Yeah. I think that we can be a light by serving in humility. That's what dirty feet is about. We just have to see the dirty feet around us, see the opportunities We just have to be willing to take up the towel and the basin ourselves and do the dirty work, just like Jesus would have. Now, I know that there might be some questions that come to your mind with this sort of thing. I mean, but what if people think I'm supposed to do this all the time? What if people think that I actually work here or I've been paid to do this and and they start ordering me to clean up other things and do other stuff? I mean, what if someone mistakes me for the maintenance person or the busboy or the waitress? What if they treat me like a servant? Well, then you're in good company. You're in good company. You've, you've reached the test because the test of a servant heart is when you're treated like a servant. And they did it to Jesus too. You know how Jesus was able to keep serving in humility and not turn around and say, Who do you think? Don't you know who I am? I'm the king of kings. I'm the Lord of lords. I was just trying to help. Well, forget it. If you're going to treat me like that, I'm I'm not going to do this. Mm -mm -mm -mm. You know, what kept Jesus from doing that? Well, John reveals it in the beginning of John 13. It says that he was able to serve in humility because he knew who he was. He knew where he came from and where he was going. How about you? Do you know who you are? Do you know where you've come from? Do you know where you're going? Do you know that you belong to Jesus, that you're his? Do you know that you're his child? Do you know that he's called you to serve? Do you know that you're going to meet him someday in heaven? And one day he's going to say, well done, good and faithful leader. Well done, good and faithful, whatever your title is, your position, name. You're going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. You know, like we talked about last week, Jesus was compelled by love. His motive for serving was to show the full extent of his love. You know, how did Jesus show the full extent of his love? He served. He washed dirty feet. That's how he showed it to his disciples at that moment. We know that later he went to the cross, and that was a huge extent of showing his love to the Father and doing what his Father wanted. But he showed his love to his disciples by washing their feet, doing the serving work. In a sense, it was Jesus' love language. Now, I know, I know some of you might think, well, serving isn't my love language. I really appreciate words of affirmation, and, and so you know, I'll, I'll encourage people by using my words. That might be true. It might be true that you have a different love language, but, you know, 
It's Jesus' love language, and he asks you to imitate him. Do you want to love Jesus well? Because when you serve others, as we learned on the first Sunday, we're serving him. You know, some might say, well, serving or helping is a gift from the Holy Spirit. It is listed uh, in the scriptures as a, as a specific gift. And, and so I don't have that gift. I don't have the gift of serving. Well, that might be true. You may not have that specific gift. But in general, did you know that, that faith is also listed as a gift? And in general, we're all supposed to have faith so we're able to receive grace. You know, we are called to serve Jesus whether our gift is serving or not. Look, I, I know that today I've kind of ruined things for you. I've ruined things by telling you these words from Jesus. You, you and I know what he wants now from us. That's frustrating because we may not want to do what he wants. And that would be disobedient. Whereas before, when we didn't know what he wanted, we wouldn't be guilty of being disobedient. But Jesus says this, now you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. Nate, man, you guys can come on up here. Men, women, teens, children, you aren't blessed because you know what Jesus said. You are blessed if you do what he says. Even when it comes to salvation, you got to do, you have to trust Jesus. You have to, he said, trust me. If you don't do that, if you don't actually trust him, you're not going to share eternity with him. We're not blessed by just knowing. We're blessed by doing what he says in every way. We have the chance to find dirty feet and wash them in humility. And it can be a light to people, a witness some people might say. And it can bless others so that they might turn to God or at least their hearts might move a degree closer to God being touched by your service. Their hearts being touched by it. Look, we have dirty feet here that, that we need help taking care of. Right here on Sunday morning, setting up, tearing down, so that this space can be used to connect with people in our city throughout the weekdays. And we need your help one Sunday a month. And if we can become faithful in that, we would like to begin offering faithful service to our city. Not fickle, but faithful. Because if we have enough here, serving on Sunday morning, we can send extras out whether it be the women and children's home, the police department, the hospital, the shelter, whatever it may be. And we can be a light by serving in humility. Who knew that would be the key to opening up the door to the gospel in this city? You know, sometimes serving is the key to open up the door into the most powerful places. You know who has keys to the Oval, Oval Office besides the president? You know, as keys to the Oval Office besides the president, the maintenance guy, he's got keys to the most powerful place, most powerful office in this country because he serves. The same goes with us as Christ followers. I believe that if we learn to serve, God will open up doors for us 
some most powerful places to be a light and a witness for him is the key to our city. And it starts with imitating our Lord and our teacher. Guys, we got, we got some dirty feet to wash. So let's, let's get to it. Would you stand with me? And we're going to pray, and, and, and then we're going to worship. Lord Jesus, in these next few moments, I just pray that you would continue to speak to our hearts. Lord, we thank you for what you've shown us. Lord, that you came to serve and not be served. And Lord, I pray that you would open our eyes to see the dirty feet around us. Lord, that we would humble ourselves and not think it's something beneath us or below us, that someone else will take care of it. Lord, help us to act on what we see when we see those dirty feet. We know that you're our teacher and you're our master and you did it. You asked us to do the same. Give us the courage. Give us the strength. Give us the eyes to see. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.